we're speaking to Glenn Wool, and my first question for you is, have you had um, any kind of schooling towards comedy? Uh, no, I started pretty early. I started when I was uh, 19. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm under the um, belief that the only way you can learn it is to do it, you know. Because I find your comedy very political and religious and topical, but yet very clever and wry. Yeah, I think, I think I'm able to do that because I didn't go to school. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes um, universities teach you how to think like them. You know, like I, I mean, I'm in here in Montreal, and I'm watching, uh, I'm watching like uh, ten thousand students, you know, take to the street and go. We don't want you to raise our tuitions. We want to freeze. We're like I'm watching that going. If you want that, if that's absolutely what you want, all of you opt out of university for a year, and they'll do whatever you want because they can't afford to have ten thousand people. But that's. Totally, I totally know what you mean, but I can't really say anything about it because I might get tarred and feathered. I have to live here. <laughs> I think that um, the only people that'd be pissed off at you uh, agreeing with that would be uh, the people who own the universities. You know, I'm sure they. I'm sure that's never muted as a uh, thing. But I mean, like, like I'm against. Uh, I'm against the students if they're gonna pick up the schools because that's not. Uh, take that year off too I mean it's I I honestly in my my life experience I really feel that people shouldn't decide what they want to be until they're 30 because they've lived a little and they have some wisdom and they know what they're good at and then they can apply themselves to do it yeah but that's just my opinion yeah. no I, I totally well it, it, it depends if you want to go uh, like you shouldn't you shouldn't pay for university unless, until you know what you want to do and uh, yeah you, you, you're totally right you shouldn't be going until you're 30 anyway but you know, and a lot of the times, uh, you know, we stifle, we stifle thought with schooling, you know. Like, but, you know, a lot of people dictate to me about, uh, you know, like, you'll you, you talk to them and, and they're just, um, they, they, they've been trained to the hilt and they're telling me all these little tricks about, uh, you know, what they trained in for in, um, in performance school. And just in my head, I'm like, yeah, well, you know what, I'll go to performance school when the gigs dry up. <laughs> very valid. That's very valid. So I was wondering if you think a specific upbringing fosters uh, a stand-up comic, because you're from British Columbia, and so am I, and I just find that there's a certain kind of laid-back attitude out there, but also definitely some apathy, and I find that it's a really bleak place to live, which kind of seems like everything you need to become a very good stand-up comic. Said, uh, I, I came out at the exact right time because I was in high school uh, during the grunge years. I mean, you know how hard it was to be a class clown during grunge? But uh, it's cool. It's cool now because uh, that music is still highly listened. 
capable, and it makes more sense uh, in your late 30s. <laughs> so how did you end up so far away and for so long? Because you're Canadian, and you spent a long time in the UK, and then you spent some time in Melbourne, and now you're in LA, correct? I actually live constantly on the road. I do, I do not have a home anymore, and haven't had for three years. My gosh, don't um, you find that hard and depressing? Just separate yourself from needs, you know, like, uh, I got, I got a bag full of clothes, but I can't buy any more clothes unless I get rid of some of them, because I won't be able to take on the plane, it weighs too much, so, uh, once you get yourself down to that, you end up, uh, not, not needing a lot, you know, like, I, I don't go frivolously shopping anymore, that doesn't wait, take up, uh, time of my I day. have to I, say, no, you I, never really seem like a frivolous shopper to me, in <laughs> all your comedy bits. <laughs> a ghost in your house? Yeah, well, it was like a pilot. I, it didn't, that didn't actually happen. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, like, uh, it was for Channel 4 in London, uh, England. I, was, uh, I remember I have to say that in Canada, because uh, I think it makes me sound up balls and pot. I'm like, oh, I lived in London for 10 years. Oh, yeah, you know, Gordy, you know, he's up in London. <laughs> I call the Hicks syndrome is that nobody was paying attention to you out here but then when the U you went to the UK they just got you and you were so much more successful much like Bill Hicks uh, no I mean I was a little lower uh, down in my career um, like I was 21 or 22 when I first went to the UK and um, it was just uh, so 
sort of luck and a bit of forethought on my part, because I could kind of, when I got over there, I just realized how much more stage time and how much better you could be, and there weren't very many North American acts going over, so it was a bit of a novelty, but I also had three years of, uh, like, hard road craft in uh, North America, like uh, Indian reservations and minor bars, like, not kid bars, but, you know, minors from, you know, yeah. rock miners. Yes, yes. the only CD of your work? leads to good comedy and vis-a-vis your divorce now that you're happy exactly. you have to find other yeah. things to talk about <laughs> well I think not so much sadness but um, nobody wants to hear you brag <laughs> you know that's why rich comics aren't funny anymore because they don't have any perspective you know once once a comic gets rich either hire a writer or just retire because nobody wants to hear about your Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) Do you ever worry that uh, drunk Glenn will consume sober Glenn? Will what sober Glenn? Consume sober Glenn. Consume him? No, man. That guy, uh, that first guy you talked about rarely comes around anymore. Um, And it's not that I don't like him or love him. Uh, I'm just really busy now. Are you specifically talking about like the drug 
jokes or the bestiality jokes that Canada's been most offended with? <laughs> I was the more religious jokes I found them. That's where uh, Canadians, uh, you know, they're drug jokes. Canadians are pretty much caught up, um, but for a while they weren't, you know, come back. But, um, and it's just pockets, you know, like when I say stuff like that, it's, um, it's a loaded question because uh, somebody will ask me, uh, you know, like a full-on broad stereotype of Canada. Well, I can't, you, you got to answer it, but, you know. It's, uh, We're all different. It's a odd logic, but I mean, on the new album, there's a big thing about um, not wanting to perform in Canada because uh, I offended somebody. It could come across as I never want to play Canada, but what I'm actually talking about is in a small room in a ski resort. I pissed off a Christian in Kamloops. So, <laughs> well, come on, you're surprised? It's Kamloops. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, he, uh, he pushed, like, pushed his finger in my chest. You know, how do you, how does it feel to know you just offended a room full of Christians? <laughs> I was like, good. You know, Bill Hicks has a very good line about that. If you're Christian, forgive me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because yeah. my next question is one of the things that I find really ironic is that you seem a little anti-Canadian and I can understand that like I'm not like saying oh you're wrong but at the same time you talk like a guy who just came off the set of FUBAR you love whiskey and hockey you're doing a lumberjack show um, you've got the self-mockery down pat and your tongue is firmly in cheek it's like you're an unwitting Canadian ambassador <laughs> Yeah, man, don't get me wrong. I love Canada. I think it's a great place. But, um, you know, I, I make fun of a lot of things I think are great. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I'm part of it. No, it's like what Jesus said. Wonderful. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful, odd thing to say at the time when nobody else was saying stuff like that. Christianity, on the other hand, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that are wrong with that. Oh, for so, sure. You can love and hate something at the same time. What's your favorite incarnation or album of Mike Patton's? Ah, I'll tell you what, the I just saw him in, uh, in Hammersmith Apollo in London. They start off the uh, set with Woodpecker from Mars, and uh, which of course is the instrumental off of uh, um, the real thing. And then Patton comes out, full white suit, white nice. fedora, with, with a red uh, handkerchief hanging off his belt, and a cane, like an old man, so he looks kind of like a, like a coffee bean magnet or something. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they're still sort of doing um, Woodpecker from Mars, but just quieter, and he hits the mic and sings Delilah. That's how you open a show, man. How do you feel about the Tosh rape controversy joke? Because you use rape to a great effect in your bit about swearing. And I was wondering, if do you think that there's a line in comedy that people should not cross? Because a lot of people got upset about that joke. But I personally believe uh, there are funny rape jokes. I mean, Sarah Silverman has one. Uh, Louis C.K. has some. And you, too, as well. Uh, Yours is quite funny. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, nobody can control what they find funny. You know? So right there, you can't, you can't go, well, you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that because no one will laugh. That's just not true. And I, I think you can use anything. Uh, if, if you want 
if you want to invoke evil in a joke, well, you'll have to use an evil example, or else it's not going to work, you know? It's all about imagery. Now, if you like simple jokes that aren't going to involve anything like that, then that's fine. Of course you shouldn't. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's not like anybody goes out to write a rape joke. But here's why great comics will have rape jokes in their act. They're harder to do. Oh, a definite challenge. You know? And I, I mean, that, that is about the, the one thing I would like turned about comedy is like there should be freedom of speech but only for good comedians yeah that's a good point (laughs) I don't know like I love it I just love it like uh, a good example Anthony Jeselnik there are times where I find myself laughing and I'm like good god this is so inappropriate but because it's so well written I have to laugh and I admire him for that you know yeah I mean I think the line is um where yeah, and forgive me if this is too soon to talk about something like this, but um, it's been preying on my mind. Uh, in the Batman shootings, that could be described as a joke. What he did, you know, like the whole the whole thing. That could you could say that was his idea of what a joke is, and that's where it's too far, and that's where you. That, that is the line. It's the physical, uh, physically enacting. That, that, that's the line, you know? Well, to me, is like, as far as the Tosh thing, for example, I don't know how, what is true and what isn't true, but what I originally read about it is like, okay, the joke he made was funny, but then he went on to say, like, wouldn't it be funny if five guys just came and gang raped this girl right now? Wouldn't that be funny? And, it, like, to me, that's, to me, where it draws the line, because you're singling out one person, and you're kind of wishing gang rape on them. You know what I mean? Whereas what he said yeah, before, that, which that's was... That's not what he wanted, though. I mean, from what I understand what happened, uh, he asked the crowd what they wanted to talk about. Somebody went, rape! And somebody went, boo! And he went... Uh, come on, rape can be funny. And the woman went, rape is never funny. And he said, wouldn't it be funny if five guys raped her right now? Now, that's not a bit. He's not working on anything. He's just going with what the crowd gave him. And I'm sure if he could take it back, he would. Yeah. It's not, you know, I mean, that's the thing. You never want to get worldwide uh, press for a shitty joke. <laughs> you know, like, well, they'll never forget it. Nobody will ever forget it. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure he probably wants to release an album of his good rate material. <laughs> you have traveled oh, extensively know. bringing your humor to faraway outposts, for example, Dubai. Can I ask you how that went? That's wonderful, man. Yeah. It went um, good? Yeah, here's Here's the thing, man. Muslims have great senses of humor. Like, really funny, dude. The funniest people I've ever met in my life. And uh, I'm only basing this on, like, three or four different occasions. But if you were all different people, Egyptians are absolutely hilarious. And, you know, we we get taught to be scared of them. Not so much in Canada, but, I mean, I tell people in America, I went to the Middle East, and they're like, well, two bases, right? You're on on an army base, weren't you? Well, yeah, that's my question. I've been to Dubai, and where where did you perform in Dubai? Like, in one of the malls? No, in the bars, man. Oh, in one of the bars. No. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't all Muslims. It's, um, 
it's uh, you know a lot of expats that are working, but you know there's, there's just a few. Uh, and that was the thing. The first time I went there, I had some um, I had some stuff that was pretty uh, pretty tight on America, so I, I actually kind of fell in with all these young Muslims. <laughs> Yeah, I got introduced to some people. Like, they were good, but then you'd start meeting uh, meeting some other people, and they'd start telling you conspiracy theories and stuff. And you're like, whoa, 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 South and Central America, but there's a language barrier, although I will be going there for a comedy festival in Mexico next year, and I do have a friend uh, from Chile uh, who lives in New Zealand, and I've always told him that we should go over and do some gigs in Chile, he thinks that should be a, could be a possibility, so world domination still in effect. <laughs> well, I think you're almost there. I mean, I think it's pretty amazing all the places you've gone and brought your humor. It's like you're bringing a little bit of Canada everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm the ambassador, man.
about the Tosh rape controversy joke because you use rape to a great effect in your bit about swearing. And I was wondering if, do you think that there's a line in comedy that people should not cross? Because a lot of people got upset about that joke. But I personally believe there are funny rape jokes. I mean, Sarah Silverman has one, uh, Louis C.K. has some, and you too as well. Yours is quite funny. Um, well, here's the thing. Uh, nobody can control what they find funny. You know? So right there, you can't, you can't go, well, you can't talk about this and you can't talk about that because no one will laugh. That's just not true. And I, I think you can use anything. Uh, if, you want, if you want to invoke evil in a joke, well, you'll have to use an evil example or else it's not going to work, you know? It's all about imagery. Now, if you like simple jokes that aren't going to involve anything like that, then that's fine. Of course you shouldn't. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's not like anybody goes out to write a rape joke. But here's why great comics will have rape jokes in their act. They're harder to do. Oh, a definite challenge. You know? And I I mean, that that is about the, the one thing I would like certain about comedy is like, there should be freedom of speech, but only for good comedians. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't know, like, I love it. I just love it. Like, a uh, good example of Anthony Jeselnik. There are times where I find myself laughing, and I'm like, good God, this is so imp- inappropriate. But because it's so well written, I have to laugh, and I admire him for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the line is um, where... Uh, yeah, and forgive me if this is too soon to talk about something like this, but um, it's been preying on my mind. Uh, in the Batman shootings, that could be described as a joke. What he did, you know, like the whole the whole thing. That could you could say that was his idea of what a joke is, and that's where it's too far, and that's where you that that is the line. It's the physical. Uh, physically enacting. That, that, that's the line, you know? Well, to me, is like, as far as the Tosh thing, for example, I don't know how, what is true and what isn't true, but what I originally read about it is like, okay, the joke he made was funny, but then he went on to say, like, wouldn't it be funny if five guys just came and gang raped this girl right now? Wouldn't that be funny? And, it, like, to me, that's to me where it draws the line, because you're singling out one person, and you're kind of wishing gang rape on them. You know what I mean? Whereas what he said yeah, before, that, which that's was... that's not what he wanted, though. I mean, from what I understand what happened, uh, he asked the crowd what they wanted to talk about. Somebody went, rape! And somebody went, ooh, and he went... Uh, come on, rape can be funny. And the woman went, rape is never funny. And he said, wouldn't it be funny if five guys raped her right now? Now, that's not a bit. He's not working on anything. He's just going with what the crowd gave him. And I'm sure if he could take it back, he would. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean that's the thing. You never want to, you never want to get worldwide uh, press for a shitty joke. <laughs> you know, like, well, they'll never forget it. Nobody will ever forget it. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure he probably wants to release an album of his good rape material. <laughs> you have traveled oh, you extensively, know. bringing your humor to faraway outposts. For example, Dubai. Can I ask you how that went? That's wonderful, man. Yeah. Um, good? Yeah, here's, here's the 
thing, man. Muslims have great senses of humor. Like, really funny, dude. The funniest people I've ever met in my life. And uh, I'm only basing this on, like, three or four different occasions. But if they were all different people. Egyptians are absolutely hilarious. And, you know, we want to... Taught to be scared of them. Not so much in Canada, but I mean, I tell people in America, I went to the Middle East, and they're like, well, it's a bases, right? You're on, you're on an army base, weren't you? Well, yeah, that's my I'm question. I've been to Dubai, out. and where, where did you perform in Dubai? Like, in one of the malls? No, in the bars, man. Oh, in one of the bars. You know? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't all Muslims. It's, um, it's uh, you know, a lot of expats that are working, but, you know, there's, there's just a fair few... Uh, and that was the thing. The first time I went there, I had some, um, I had some stuff that was pretty, uh, pretty tight on America. So I, I actually kind of fell in with all these young Muslims. <laughs> yeah, I got introduced to some people. Like, they were good, but then you'd start meeting, uh, meeting some other people, and they'd start telling you conspiracy theories and stuff. You're like, whoa, jokes, jokes, jokes. No, no, no. So, but what I wanted to know is, where have you never been, and where would you like to go? Uh, South and Central America, but there's a language barrier, although I will be going there for a common festival in Mexico next year, and I do have a friend uh, from Chile uh, who lives in New Zealand, and I've always told him that we should go over and do some gigs in Chile, and he thinks that should be a, could be a possibility, so... World domination still in effect. <laughs> well, I think you're almost there. I mean, I think it's pretty amazing all the places you've gone and brought your humor. It's like you're bringing a little bit of Canada everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm the ambassador, man. 